T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation, as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction, starring score baseball insider Bruce Levine and half of Chicago's number one sports morning show, David Haw, on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, a radio.com sports Sports Station, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Good Saturday morning. We interrupt your regularly scheduled Bears angst to bring you some lively baseball conversation. I'm David Haw with Bruce Levine. We are broadcasting live for the Hyundai Score Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. This is Inside the Clubhouse, where we are each and every Saturday morning for two hours, 9 to 11, talking baseball, talking Cubs, talking White Sox, who still have... Uh, the October uh, playoff reckoning, uh, or the uh, however you want to look at it, Bruce, the playoffs are right around the corner. Sense of anticipation continues to grow. How you doing this morning, buddy? Good morning, David. Yeah, it's an exciting time of year for White Sox and the White Sox fans. And for Cub fans, a different type of excitement watching uh, some players that may or may not still be in the mix come spring training 2022. And anticipating uh, youngsters like uh, Brennan Davis possibly showing up as early as then. Uh, This is Inside the Clubhouse. As David said, we're here with you every week, 52 weeks out of the year. Yep, even during bear season. Every Saturday (laughs) from 9 to 11, talking baseball. Uh, We're here for you, and we enjoy the heck out of it every week. Uh, To get in, 312-644-644. 6767. That's our number for the phone as well as text. And David, uh, let's start off with the White Sox and uh, whittling down their magic number to five. Count it five. Yep. Early, five. The earliest, uh, earliest it can happen now is Monday. Monday in Detroit, just like it was in 2005. Correct me if I'm wrong, Bruce, but they clinched there, right? Yes. Yeah, so there's yes, that sir. symmetry that you would like to maybe duplicate. And White Sox eight to nothing winners in Texas last night against the Rangers. The Cubs lost eight to five in Milwaukee. We will get to that eventually, but this is this is the month and the time of the month in September where the stocks start to look at that playoff roster and also the playoff viability. Bruce, this has been a season long conversation at least since the All Star break. You know what? The Sox since the All Star break. 30 and 28, 30 and 28, which is the definition of, I think, mediocrity. And yet you see why 
on nights like last night, there is so much hope and optimism. Dylan sees very strong, 10 strikeouts in five innings. Just how good is this White Sox team, Bruce? I'm sure you get asked that all the time. I'm sure you have an opinion that may vary from day to day. I, my, my thought on the White Sox is they are dangerous still, but I understand the concerns going into, going into uh, this time of the month. You ask me uh, what, who are the White Sox right now? TBD. Uh, that is what they are right now. And they're in good shape because they've gotten all their starting pitching back. Uh, they're starting to build with two weeks left some of that uh, durability that they need in that starting pitching. Uh, those arms have to be ready to go. Giolito uh, looked pretty good, okay, not quite ready yet last time out. Um, I, I think that Lance Lynn looked good coming off of the I.L., uh, now you have a situation where um, you have to start thinking about, David, what is your rotation going into the playoffs? Who would be your number one starter? And uh, I think if you ask five different people, uh-huh. you might get three different answers. You might get three different answers on who is your opening starter. David, I'm going to ask you right now. Okay. Playoffs start tomorrow. You're yep. in Houston. Yep. Right now, that's how it's set up. Yep. You're going against the Astros. Who's your Who's your number one starter going in? Right now, this is the way I'd be looking at it. Lance Lynn is my ace. Lance Lynn has earned the right to get the the game one designation as, to start the playoffs for the Chicago White Sox. Not because necessarily, you know, it's a, it's an award, but I think he gives you the best chance to get off to a one zero start in the playoff series, which in a five game series is huge. Lance Lynn, number one, Bruce. Game two, game two, I'm going to switch it up here. I'm going to go with Lucas Giolito. I, I don't know, and again, ask me next week, and we'll talk about it again, but today I'm going to go with Giolito too because Carlos Rodon, who we saw come back in a very encouraging outing, I think can give you one start. And if that one start is at home in game three when you're coming back either – you know, look at the options. You could be fighting for your life in the playoffs if you're down 2-0 or 0-2. You could be tied and wanting to get up that pivotal game three, or you could be looking for the clinch. Carlos Rodon is like your game one starter de facto, but he can only give you one start per series perhaps. So I'm going Lynn, Giolito, Rodon, and then Dylan Cease if necessary. All right, so uh, that's that's probably the way I would go, but I would I would question necessarily um, the 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 switching between Giolito and uh, Rodon. I, I like the idea that Rodon's been dominant at home. I like your thinking about the fact that he can only give you one start per series. Um, my my question is, what do you do with Keiko? Okay, um, what do you what do you do with him? Is he a long man in case one of those starters stumbles at the beginning? Do you go automatically to Keuchel after that, or is he not on your first round? Uh, is he not in the mix? Well, in the first I think round? because it's a five game series, Bruce. Don't you believe that they've got to consider? Here's here's the the rub, and I think the Cubs faced this with Jason Hamill a few years back. You're not to compare a Cy Young Award winner with Jason Hamill, but it's the same dynamic. Dallas Keuchel gives you that veteran savvy, that presence that you want in the playoffs, but he's not been real consistent. Now, if he finishes strong, Bruce, 
and he did have a pretty good outing the other night. I think if he builds on that, then maybe you look at him as that long man because you might have a situation where, let's say, worst-case scenario, Giolito gets rocked, he leaves in the third. Who's going to mop up if you fall behind? Maybe Keiko fills, fills that role. Maybe you want him because you don't want to alienate him. So I think you right. consider his, his, his uh, stature maybe more so than you would a guy like Ronaldo Lopez or somebody else who, you might, be, who might be on the playoff roster fence. So right now, again, it's start to start. And Ozzy Guillen said you're going to wait till the last minute to make this decision. I'd be leaning in favor of keeping Keuchel on the playoff roster. Right. It's a left-hander. It's a different look. Uh, you know, there were some hopeful uh, things that you saw in his last start. Uh, but it's been, uh, it's been really a, a rough ride for him over the, the past. The whole season has not been right for Dallas Keuchel. It just hasn't been there. And he's still getting ground balls. He's still getting uh, a, a little bit of what you want from him, being a sinker slider pitcher. But the hard hit rate is, is way up there. And, and right. balls are flying through the infield. Um, it, it's, it's a little different. I'm not, I'm not putting this all on Dallas Keuchel, but um, he's certainly at, at the, very, the very best your fourth starter and then uh, if you're in game five, you know, it's, you know, all hands on deck anyway, you know, when it comes to that, to that situation. But, but let me ask you this, Bruce. We have now talked about the starting pitchers and how the rotation would go in the playoffs against the Astros, and yet we have not mentioned Dylan Cease. Dylan Cease last night, again, got out of a shaky first, didn't give up a run, too many pitches in the first inning, strikes out 10 in five innings. This is a swing and miss guy. This is a guy that now has 212 strikeouts, third best in the American League. Why do, you know? Why are we not considering him for maybe a spot? I don't think he's one of your first three starters, but doesn't he get game four if there's a game four? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, you can make a case that he's the most dominant pitcher on the White Sox right now. Even right. though the walks are there, um, I think it's eight uh, games this year with 10 or more strikeouts. I mean, he has been extremely hard to hit, very dominant. The walks and the foul balls, like last night's game, 92 pitches in five innings, they weren't going to go six with him uh, at this point. They're saving bullets in the pitcher's arms. But you can make a case for him being the most dominant pitcher on the White Sox when it comes to uh, swing and miss right now, which is really what you want when you go into the playoffs. It's a nice problem to have, especially when you have a guy like Cease that has now progressed to the point where you know he's 12-7. and seven. I know the record doesn't mean everything, but he has put himself in a position to be trusted. It is late September. It is uh, a time of the year where you had hoped he would get to the point where he has gotten. So that's a nice problem to have when you're kind of putting your pitching staff together. Bruce, I also wonder about the back end of the roster position player-wise. And you got guys who you wonder how they fit, if they fit. You know, Gavin Sheets, Brian, Brian Goodwin, and we have Adam mm -hmm. Engel perhaps coming back. What about Romy Gonzalez? Tell me this. Is it crazy to wonder if he has a spot on the playoff roster? He had three hits last night, first time he's done that in the majors. Nobody expected this guy to be contributing, and yet Ozzie Guillen again. Whoever's the hottest at the end of September may get the nod. Is it possible that you could keep this guy on the roster just because he finishes strong? Well, David, when in Romy, do uh, what the Romy. <laughs> uh, I would have to say 
I set you up. Give me two weeks. Give me two weeks. All right. I'm not saying no to anything at this point because I like the hot hitter uh, at the end. You know, he has no real resume at the major league level, and he was a hot hitter in the minor leagues at the end before he was called up. But um, you know, you're you're going to. I think one way or another, Billy Hamilton is on the roster. Okay. And why Billy Hamilton? Because I think in a short series, you need to have a speed guy to be able to implement at the end to try to win a game. If you need a pinch runner on first base and you're the tying run and it's the eighth or ninth inning and you need a stolen base or you need a guy to be able to score from first on a double, I think some way, somehow, some way, uh, Hamilton ends up on the roster. Not necessarily because he he's better than someone else that you might take but he's a better fit for what you need might need to do to try to win a game these are the kind of questions they will try to answer at the back end of the roster but bruce when you look at the heart of the batting order when you look at the the meat of the pitching rotation does this white Sox team look to you even though they have kind of struggled, relatively speaking, 30-28 and 28 since the All-Star break for a team this talented and deep, it, it constitutes a struggle. Does this look like a team that can beat the Astros in the first round and possibly win the American League pennant based on, based on how they're playing or how they're capable of playing? Yes, if you uh, kidnap uh, Bregman and Altuve, I think there's a... <laughs> no, uh, seriously, yeah, why not? I mean... Yeah, I agree with you. The White Sox have not played their base, best baseball, but they've also been in protect mode over the last couple of weeks. And uh, and some of their best pitchers, you know, that record could be a lot better if their pitchers weren't shut down for protection. You know, all three of their top starters were shut down for protection reasons. Um, and all three said, Maybe not Rodon because a shoulder issue you, you have to pay real attention to. But with the with the Keuchel knee and I'm, I'm sorry, not the Keuchel knee, but the the Lynn knee and the uh, Chiolito hamstring, both said and uh, and the team said they probably would pitch through it if it was uh, if it was the playoffs or trying to get into the playoffs. So their record, I, I throw that record out the window. Totally. I'm looking okay, at. Okay, I just did that. It's gone. That. It's gone yeah. because it's about how strong your starting pitchers are, how strong your bullpen is, and the full strength of your roster when you get in two weeks from now. So, uh, the White Sox have been in had had the luxury of resting people and doing the proper thing with them on the IL to get to this point. Now, there is that um, situation where they've lost. They lost. I think two out of the last three series, maybe three out of four. Um, and you don't want to get into that mode of not feeling good about where you're at and not winning baseball games. I agree with that. You do not. You want to see them starting to build off of this next series here uh, against uh, the lesser teams like Texas. You want to see them sweep yep. here against Texas. You want to see them, uh, you know, probably sweep or, or win two out of three against uh, Detroit. Uh, that that is that's that's your goal right now is to start building some momentum. 
you want Tony Larusa to say after games ahead in the next two weeks that they were a pleasure to watch, as he said yesterday after beating the Rangers eight to nothing. The White Sox are deep, they're dangerous, and I still think they will be able to hit reset once the playoffs begin. What do you think? Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. The score listener line is powered by BetQL. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Let's go to Don in Burr Ridge. Don, good morning. Welcome to Inside the Clubhouse. You guys um, were talking a little bit about uh, Dallas Keuchel and uh, experience. Um, one of the things that I, I think experience is overrated, you can sit there and look at Clayton Kershaw, who's a Hall of Fame pitcher. He's had experience in the playoffs, and he's been average at best more times than poor. Talent, in my opinion, even though if, if a guy is a rookie like Cease, you find out what he does. He's got he's much better talent. So you got to go with Cease over Keiko. Um, I don't even know if I'd have Keiko on the, the the playoff roster, maybe for an extra pitcher. As um, Bruce was sitting there talking about the team resting guys, I think it's very very smart to, to rest the pitchers and the players to get them healthy. I think the, the two best teams set up for the playoffs, in my opinion, are the White Sox because their starting pitching and their relief pitching is sickening great when when healthy. Another team is Toronto. I think those are going to be the top two teams uh, potential for the World Series. Just my thoughts. Thanks, Don. Good phone call. What do you think, Bruce? Well, Toronto's got to get in, and they, they've been the hot team, and they've been the exciting team in baseball with uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. leading the way, and uh, we were going to talk a little bit about him and his chances of winning the MVP. We might do that a little bit later in the show, but um, I, I, I agree. I mean, uh, you know, but it's it's not as simple as just resting, David, as we talked about. Getting people to be at uh, at prime form when you go into the playoffs, you know, not, you know, not being uh, built up to just four innings or five innings, but starting to, you know, push it a little bit. So that's the thing that you, you question. So if, if La Russa starts putting... The, the rotation guys in and getting 100, 105 pitches out of them again and going into the sixth or seventh inning, will people say, hey, uh, what are we trying to prove here? Or are you getting them playoff ready? And that is the quandary for them. He's Bruce Levine. I'm David Hall. We've got a great show for you this morning on Inside the Clubhouse. Elise Menneker coming up at 940. James Fegan from The Athletic at 10 o'clock. We've got chin music. We've got conversation about the White Sox and the playoffs. And next, how did the Brewers get so good, and how did they make the gap so wide between them and the Cubs? Right here, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. 
Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. To contrast 2 2. Swing and a miss, and the ball game is over. Hader gets the save. Milwaukee gets the win. 8 5, the final. Welcome back inside the clubhouse. David Hall, Bruce Levine here until 11 o'clock. Chicago Sports Radio 6 7 score. That was the voice of Pat Hughes calling another Cubs loss to the Brewers. Now they are 3 14 against the Brew Crew, Bruce, this year. The Brewers, amazing, 95th and 57. They've got the biggest lead of any division leader, 12 and a half over the St. Louis Cardinals, who are, by the way, in the wild card playoff uh, hunt. And the Brewers continue to, to chug along. And, you know, we talk so much about the Bears all week in town, and we see them tomorrow against the Bengals week two. Bears, Packers, Cubs, Brewers. I have to wonder, where, who's, who's further away, the, the Bears to the Packers or now the Cubs to the Brewers, Bruce? But from a baseball perspective, how in the world did the Brewers get this good this fast? Well, it's all uh, it starts with pitching, right? So, so they have they have two of the best starting pitchers and three of the best, you know, fifteen starting pitchers in the National League, and, and uh, at the end of their bullpen, they have two of the best bullpen guys in the game. So, it's it's not very difficult to see. If you look at the Chicago Cub formula from uh, 2015 all the way through uh, last year when they won the division in the 60-game season, it's it's always been about the starting pitching. It really always has. Uh, the bullpen, you know, it was good enough in, in most of those years, and certainly going out and getting Chapman was the, the final nail that they needed to hammer down, uh, you know, the, the last championship. Uh, wrong, but David, uh, it it doesn't get very much more complicated than you need to have good pitching. Show me, show me a playoff contender, uh, and, and I will show you a, a pretty good pitching staff. In, in the best teams in the National League, what is it about uh, the Giants and the Dodgers? It's it's all about their their pitching and the depth of their pitching, and and that's what the Brewers have as well. I don't think the Brewers get enough national attention because of that race in the uh, National League West, David. It's been all year. All we've heard about is Dodgers, Giants, Padres, all the way through from the very beginning. All three have been very good teams. The Giants and Dodgers separated themselves uh, from the Padres. Padres now fighting to even get into the playoffs at wild card. But, David... The Brewers start with pitching, and then they work their way through. What did they do? Uh, Willie Damas comes in in May uh, in a big deal that you don't expect, right? And all of a sudden, he's the MVP of the Brewers uh, the rest of the way until he got hurt uh, three weeks ago or so. Uh, and he uh, then they go out and they, they get more. They add on again. Uh, so the the formula is really good. And then you have, on top of it, 
a great executive in David Stearns running that team. And you have, I will argue, the, the best manager in baseball in, uh, in, in, with, with their manager. There, well, there There's no doubt in my there, mind there it is. that he I mean, because is. Yeah, Bruce, the, the names do tend to change. And you, you look at the, you know, the position, the everyday lineup for the Brewers is like, okay, yeah, you can see. The, well, they had Yelich who was playing at an MVP level for several years, but that's dropped off. Braun is now you know, retired. And you look at some of those changes that they've been able to absorb and withstand and overcome because of the pitching, but also because of the way the pitching is handled. I mean, this takes a tactician who is a masterful tactician to be able to push the right buttons at the right time to get your bullpen functioning at a high level when it matters most. And that is Craig Council's, I think, one of his biggest gifts is that he's able to do that while keeping his team playing with a sharpened edge. His resume, if you look back at it, is is off the chart. He initially was on two different championship teams and an integral part of those championship teams in Arizona and in Florida. Now it's called Miami. Uh, he, he was, there was nothing sensational about uh, Craig Council's career other than he was a winner and teams that were competing wanted him to be a part of that team. Then he goes into the front office after he retires of the Milwaukee Brewers and works there for, I think, three or four years. Just under, uh, you know, getting used to uh, going to the minor leagues, uh, going around and looking at development, going around and looking at scouting, going out and scouting himself, uh, sitting in with um, Doug Melvin and Gord Ash, the guys that ran the team at the time, and uh, sitting in on games and, and learning what that phase is all about. And then just the baseball IQ is off the chart. Uh, I mean... The, the Brewers uh, have the luxury of the, the best manager in baseball who, as you said, David, um, handles that pitching as well as any manager in, in baseball right now. And he's got a smart boss, David Stearns. He's got a really good bench coach in Pat Murphy, the former Notre Dame coach who spent some time right. in the Padres organization, good friend, and, and smart baseball guy. So they have that kind of sharpened edge. I guess the, the question we ask here in Chicago, Bruce, is absolutely – the pitching is the answer, but how do the Cubs, how do the Cubs get to that point where they can be more competitive than they are in a season in which they've lost three of seventeen? They've lost uh, fourteen of seventeen games against the Brewers. Is this something they can address by either buying pitching or continuing to try to develop Justin Steele, Keegan Thompson, uh, Alzali, these kinds of prospects, or is it a combination of both? So the, the number one most important thing in the Cub organization now is the development of their players. But more importantly, as you just pointed out, are the development people the right people? Okay, you have to scout. You have to bring in good players. From all indications, they have had good drafts recently. They have good young players down there. Now we must see development, something that we haven't seen uh, in the Cub organization over the last nine years, uh, maybe going back uh, further, it was difficult. But you know, uh, you, you give you give the Cubs uh, presently uh, constituted as their front office some credit for the fact that uh, they they did develop uh, Contreras, they did develop 
Baez, even though they were signed by the Jim Hendry group. Uh, so they did some development, but there's no pitching development. And, uh, you know, when we come back and talk in the second hour, uh, after Elise comes on next, uh, David, we can talk a little bit more about that, how the development people are just as important as uh, the, the players are going to be able to develop here over the next three or four years. Without a doubt, and that's why the Brewers are now a team that nobody should take lightly. Going into October, hey, the Dodgers are a great team. The Giants have had a terrific season. I'm not sure, I'm not convinced right now that the Brewers aren't going to be the team that neither one of those teams wants to face, and they could end up being the surprise team and have a special year up in Milwaukee. <laughs> the Bucks won the NBA title. Don't be shocked if the Brewers are entertaining those aspirations in the World Series. It's, it's been that kind of year in Milwaukee. But, Bruce... We will talk to Elise Meneker next from the Marquee Sports Network. She knows what the Iowa Cubs look like. She knows what the Chicago Cubs trying to beat the Brewers looked like this weekend. And we will talk to her next here on Inside the Clubhouse on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Scoreless game, third inning, two down, bases empty, and the 0-2 to Adrian Hauser. Here it comes. Curve swung on and missed strike three. Another strikeout for Davey. Yeah, that's the best I've seen. I don't know that I've seen him that good in a long time. Uh, just attacking the zone. It looked like the, he felt good with the fastball. Uh, really came out. Uh, the changeup wasn't showing up near as much early on as I, I thought the fastball was. Uh, felt good with the, the ball as well. He was flipping that in there pretty uh, I just like how aggressive he was, uh, not nibbling, coming right at him. You know, they hit some balls right at guys when you when – you, when you, when you're on the attack, you know, good things can happen. And I thought uh, I thought that's what he did early on was really pounding the zone. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, I'm David Hall with Bruce Levine until 11 o'clock. That was Pat Hughes describing Zach Davies. And then you heard from David Ross talking about Davies outing, who had started well, but the Cubs did not finish in losing Friday night's game again to the Brewers. It's time now to go to our guest's hotline sponsored by circa resort and casino in las vegas home of the world's largest sports book and that is where we find marquee sports network's own the pride of Car- cornell uh, softball a member of the school's hall of fame elise meneker good morning elise how are you good morning i'm good guys thank you well let's start with we were talking about the gap between the cubs and the brewers and you were on hand first for a first-hand look last night and how would you describe how the Brewers got to this point and what it's like to see a team functioning as at a high level like the Brewers are right now. Yeah, so even, um, you know, David Ross said it in, in being asked because this is a team that could possibly clinch it against the Cubs this weekend. And um, it comes down to pitching for the Brewers. They obviously have a really solid rotation with a few all-stars. And, uh, you know, when you want to go deep into the playoffs, and you want to do some damage, you look always to pitching first. So I think that's really the the first key for their team. And because they are in the hunt and looking to play for a lot more, you could just sense. I've been really impressed with the Cubs' fight and the way they battle at the end of games, but you could just sense, um, you know, the Brewers are playing for something different, and they were not going to, to give up against this team. And you can just tell that they're playing for a lot. So, Elise, uh, I think the hardest job uh, for a reporter slash entertainer is the job that you and Taylor do 
on Marquee. And the reason I say that, and I'd like to get your thoughts on it as well, is you have to kind of walk that tightrope between reporter and entertainer. You must do both. Uh, how difficult mm -hmm. is that, and, and how do you weigh that when you go into a day's work? So basically what you describe is exactly how I see my job, but not in a negative way. I see myself as someone who is there to inform and entertain because that's just part of my role. So when I describe it, you know, I've always said that you can have really good information, but if you don't have an entertaining way to deliver it, then no one's going to receive that message. And so I do see that entertainment part as part of it because I think that's one of the keys as a journalist to know your audience and how to capture that audience. So um, for me, it's kind of the fun part. And that's actually one of the reasons I love covering sports and baseball in particular is I started my career as a news reporter, but I feel that in sports, you know, in news, I always miss smiling. Basically, a lot of the times you're, you're telling serious stories. And so the entertainment factor is actually one of the pieces that I love about sports. We're talking with Elise Menick, who does a terrific job for Marquee Sports Network, was in Milwaukee last night watching the Cubs. And Elise, you've also done a terrific job doing a lot of uh, analyst work with the Iowa Cubs, doing those games and, and bringing them to the audience. And so you know and have the insight into what exactly we're looking at when we're talking about the prospects and everything about this Cubs yeah. season since July is the development. What do they have down there? Who's, who's on the way? Who can help and how quickly? <laughs> Well, a lot of them are up with the Cubs right now. A lot of the <laughs> players who I was, you know, calling games for, they are, are guys that you're currently watching on the Cubs. But actually, there's still a few because even myself, um, in the last couple of games that I did, uh, I wanted to be able to point out to people a few more prospects to keep an eye on. And um, a few that I pointed out, one was pitcher Brendan Little, um, one with infielder Jared Young, and then, of course, actually outfielder Greg Dykeman, who we got a glimpse of um, early on, or I should say, you know, middle of the season early on for him in the trade process. And so um, I think that there are still guys down there. And, of course, now who um, is there after my last game is Brennan Davis, <laughs> one of baseball's top prospects, the Cubs' top prospects. Seems that he is transitioning very well with the I-Cubs, already a few home runs, and they're playing one of the best teams in the minor leagues in the Omaha Storm Chasers. They have a few of baseball's top prospects as well, including Bobby Witt Jr., and right now uh, they've won every game against them in this series, and I, I don't think that is a coincidence that Davis is up there, and I know Horner is also rehabbing, but I think you're seeing the impact of a guy like Davis and what he can add to a lineup. So I know that as much talent as we've seen get called up uh, over this season, what I think is really exciting is, is there's constantly more names that you can see with Iowa and in the other Cubs organizations, like on the other teams that, uh, like in their system, uh, that, that you can point out, hey, you know, watch for this guy, watch for this guy, watch for that guy. So for me, it's an exciting time for the Cubs. Elise Moniker uh, on our uh, show on Inside the Clubhouse today. I'm, I'm Bruce Levine. He is uh, my good friend and co-host, David. And we are here for you again every, every Saturday, 52 weeks out of the year. And Elise, when you talk about gathering 
content for this year mm -hmm. and the challenges as a reporter. Uh, there is, on any given day, there's 15 or 20 of us on the field where it's the only place we can go to talk to players, coaches, mm -hmm. and in some cases, the manager. What have you learned about reporting during COVID times? And what, oh, gosh. what, have, what have been the challenges for you to get the content that you want? Yeah, I think, um, and Bruce, maybe you'd agree that one of my favorite parts about this job is the interaction. It's the people. It's getting those stories. And so that's definitely changed over the course of the last couple of years. I will say this, that especially last year with the Zoom calls, you don't get the face-to-face -face interaction. And I think the content you're getting is definitely different because of that. Not that it's better or worse. It's just different because it, I think all of us would agree, as we've all done a lot of Zooms over the past couple of years, that when you don't have that person, you know, in-person contact, the, the interaction is just different. Um, with that said, though, it provided us with an opportunity, I think, to get a lot of sound that maybe we otherwise couldn't if we weren't at the stadium. So I know for me last year, I was on almost every single Zoom call because I really liked just keeping up with the team and hearing what everyone had to say as a way to gather stories and to gather content. And then this year, it's kind of nice that we can supplement it more with the in-person conversations and just even getting little things. Um, that now you don't take for granted being able to have quick side conversations like before the game, just really quickly being able to talk to Frank Schwindel about a couple of things where it's not really conversations that you feel like um, it's the type of questions that's so major that you would ask like on a Zoom call kind of thing, but it just helps you enhance your stories. So I think the biggest thing is the content at times may feel different or change, but the way in which you get it and it, it, that may look different, but the job in essence stays the same, if that makes sense. I really just try to get stories and gather content in whatever way I can. Um, it helps and it's the best in person, but you're forced, it's kind of like baseball, it's a game of adjustments and that's what we've been forced to do over the last couple of years. So, you know, for me, I think the biggest thing I've learned is you just have to, to roll with it and do whatever you can to get what you need and, and just adapt and learn along the way. Interesting, Elise. I, I think that uh, you just captured the, the challenge for being out there on a regular basis. And, and I know you deal mostly in facts and reporting, but I am curious about your opinion mm -hmm. here because there's a debate, and I've been going on you know, this week, uh, Molly and Haw talking about Brendan Davis and why, to me, it would – would have made sense to give him a chance and maybe even before the end of the season, take a look at what you have at, at Brendan Davis as a major leaguer. Nico Horner and Brendan Davis were drafted in the same draft in 2018 yeah. in the first and second rounds, respectively. Why the wait, do you think? Is he ready? And what would we see if we saw Brendan Davis in a major league uniform? I think that it's just part of the process, and the Cubs obviously know a lot better where he at, he is at than I do in his development, but it just seems like, you know, you want, and they always talk about this, even at, you know, the big league level, you want to set guys up for success. And so whatever that's going to mean for Brennan Davis and the timing of this, and immediately when I think of someone like your top prospect, um, I I know there's excitement around him and you want to see him at the big league level, but in part two, I, I feel what the, what is the rush basically? Um, because you want to make sure that when he gets up there, he's ready. 
you don't want to, um, you know, I was going to say like ruin or mess with his confidence for lack of a better word, but because confidence is a huge part of this game. And he clearly has that right now. And especially with the way he's transitioned in Iowa in the first few games there, to me, it's showing that the process, in essence, is working uh, because that's what you want. You want each jump to see that player perform well. And I know that, you know, when he did an interview with our Lance Brozdowski, who's gotten to visit some of the lower levels, that that's something that Davis talked about, that jump from high A to double A in a short period of time. Um, he had to get used to things. Like, just little things like the pitching is better. You know, guys are throwing strikes. And I think learning how to transition on that front is now helping him. And uh, as he's around his teammates and having conversations with them, like I know he's close to Chase Strump, another one of the Cubs' top prospects, um, you're seeing, I think, just uh, a ball player develop. Because keep in mind, this is someone who is drafted out of high school. And so I think, you know, to take time and not just develop him mentally, but physically um, is a smart thing to do. Elise, in closing with you and David and I really appreciate your time and love your work. And I love working with you Thank as you. well. I love um, when, when, uh, when a young man or young woman is listening to you right now and listening to this show, what's the best advice you could give them if they want to get uh further in the field. They're in college. Uh, they're, they're specializing in uh, journalism or in broadcasting. What's, what's the be- best advice you could give them uh, as far as progressing on in their career? Yeah, so it's going to sound cliche, and I know that a lot of the time students or aspiring broadcasters, you know, this isn't the answer they want, but it truly is. You know, I believe hard work pays off. And I always say learn everything you can, because especially with the way the industry now is with social media and just for print and, you know, um, just digital, anything, you don't know what direction your career is going to go in. And so I think the more you can know, the better. And so for me, that was, you know, I don't take for granted my news reporting background. I don't believe I would be the sports reporter I am today without it. And um, at that time, too, you know, I'm writing, shooting, editing, producing essentially any story that you would see on air for me in local TV. And while at times I didn't enjoy that process because it is a grind, I get it, I, I went through it, um, I, it, it's all of that put together that's made me who I am. And I think it's made me better along the ways because I, I know that students always want in essence, to hear like a shortcut, like what route can I take to try to get to where I want to be faster? And I don't have an answer for that. I think at times I wish I had it for myself. Um, But I do think it's all about the hard work. And if you're willing to sacrifice and commit to this job, then it will, you know, give back to you because I just truly believe that the harder you work in this industry, things will, will pay off. So I know that a lot of times I wanted to look for a different route or how can I get to, you know, from point A to point B, but there really isn't a way around it. And I don't know, looking back, if that would have been the best thing for me and if it's ideal for, for students out there, because I truly think it's all about gaining that experience. And, and that's what I was just doing as I moved up throughout local TV. Great advice. Thanks, Elise. Appreciate your time this morning. Thank you guys. Great so having much. you. Take care. Yep. Elise Medeker from, yeah, it's great. From the Marquee Sports Network with some great advice for 
young sports uh, journalists and also great insight on the Cubs and the Iowa Cubs, Bruce. Brendan Davis on the way. How soon? We'll wait and see, but it probably will be next year sooner rather than later. And we'll talk about the White Sox when we come back. They're already, they have already arrived. So what is next for the White Sox? We will ask James Fegan from The Athletic here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 